Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Illini Enquirer publisher here with you. And there's so much we can react to in the aftermath of the Big Ten postponing its fall sports season. And we've caught up with Josh Whitman, Illini athletic director. We caught up with Illini coach Lovey Smith, football coach. And uh, today we're going to catch up with the non-revenue sports coaches from the fall. That includes cross country, volleyball, soccer. Um, so we'll get reaction more of what's next for those programs, what a spring season could look like for those programs, and what their rosters could look like. For example, football. Do any of their seniors just decide to get ready for the the NFL draft? Do they all want to play in the spring? Would they rather wait till next fall? What do the scholarship situations look like? All questions that don't have answers right now. And of course, basketball, the impact on that. Josh Whitman said yesterday he certainly uh, remains optimistic uh, about basketball, but I think he remained optimistic about football for a very long time, even leading into last week. So we'll have a podcast breaking all of that down. But today I thought an interesting phenomenon this week was all the attention given to Nebraska. One of the newest members of the Big Ten came here over the last decade, and just the attention given to the disagreement Nebraska had with the Big Ten's decision. I think we've seen some disagreement um, among coaches, among athletic directors that necessarily thought that uh, the Big Ten should have moved forward and tried to play a season just like the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12. But you've kind of seen in the last couple days, everyone kind of in lockstep of, okay, this is the decision, we'll move forward with it. Uh, But Nebraska coach Scott Frost had, had choice words to say that, hey, we'll look outside the conference for games this fall. Uh, and that drew a lot of attention and just the attention of Nebraska expressing its uh, disagreement with the Big Ten, which is usually not the case. And I think that might reflect on Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, and and just the interesting times we're in. But I also think it, it pointed towards Nebraska's relationship with football and its relationship uh, with the Big Ten and what Nebraska has meant to the Big Ten and what the Big Ten has meant to Nebraska. So today, I catch up with Mike Schaefer, who covers the Nebraska Cornhuskers for a great site at 24-7 Sports, Husker 24-7. Go check them out. And I think they were a little shocked at the national reaction uh, to Nebraska and the criticism of Nebraska. But we get into a conversation kind of breaking down the relationship that these uh, two sides, Nebraska and the Big Ten, have had, the fit culturally uh, and competitively in the Big Ten, because obviously Nebraska hasn't had a lot of success yet. I think it led to an interesting conversation of the decades-long relationship between the two. So coming up next, we'll try to get into why this happened this week, why there was some discord this week, and just where Nebraska moves forward in the Big Ten coming up. That's next in the Illini Enquirer podcast. All right, let's check in on Nebraska. I think there's been a little drama in Lincoln, Nebraska this week. Of course, college football and Big Ten and Pac-12 all reeling uh, from the postponement of the fall sports season. Uh, But Mike Schaefer covers Nebraska for 24-7 sports. And Mike, I know it's been a a pretty interesting week in Nebraska. What's it been like uh, just from your perspective covering a little bit of drama? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been... Uh, kind of a wild week in college sports in general, and there's been no shortage of uh, of narratives and and things to to kind of discuss. And Nebraska, which largely this hasn't been the case <laughs> for at least most of the last decade, found itself at the forefront. And I I kind of struggle why. So I'm also hoping that you can kind of help me as someone who's outside this bubble because it's it's different when you're here and and this is all anybody ever talks about. 
but it, it has been unusual for me to see Nebraska painted as this uh, petulant whining child for wanting to play football because I, I didn't see that in their statements, and I didn't see that in what Scott Ross said on Monday, but that has largely been uh, the national narrative about what has transpired here at Nebraska. And basically, just to kind of sum it up like this, I mean, Scott Ross came out on Monday, they had a press conference, and he was pretty passionate uh, about wanting to, to be able to play this year, but also acknowledging that, you know, if he felt like things weren't safe or if, if tests had started to mount up in a positive direction or there had been spread on his team, he would be the first to pull the plug. And he, he reiterated numerous times in that press conference that they want to be able to play a Big Ten schedule. Uh, but if that wasn't the case, they would have to see what their options were and, and go from there. And so uh, that kind of turned into this idea that Nebraska was basically looking to leave the Big Ten, which I never really understood. I wouldn't understand from Nebraska's perspective, even if there was some truth to that. Uh, the Big Ten is by far the best place for them to be from a financial standpoint. And I think it's I mean, I really do think that it's, it's right there with the SEC is, is the best athletic conference in the country. So uh, it, it has been really interesting for me to kind of follow this from inside here. And I'm curious what it's looked like to you as someone who consumes a lot of sports media and certainly pays a lot of attention to what's happening in the Big Ten. Well, I think it's interesting that Nebraska has kind of been singled out here, Mike. And I want to dive into that because I think maybe their history and being new here has something to do with it. I mean, they're still relatively new to the conference. So before we dive into the nitty-gritty of this week, I want you to take me back and take our listeners back to when Nebraska joined the Big Ten. Um, what what drove the, the Cornhuskers away from the Big 12 as all that conference realignment was happening and drove them into the arms of the Big Ten? Well, I think first and foremost, you have to acknowledge the stability of the Big Ten Conference. It's existed for far longer than any of us, and it'll exist for far longer than any of us. And so I think Nebraska, after a pretty rocky uh, dozen years or so inside the Big 12 in which they felt like the vote kept coming down to northern versus southern schools, and then ultimately what Texas wanted versus what Nebraska wanted on some key issues, whether it was uh, on full qualifiers, whether it was on where the Big 12 championship game would get played, uh, all sorts of things of that nature, they kept feeling like they were being sort of pushed out of their own conference and that there was a, a pretty heavy Southern bent to, to how things were going. And so there was, there was a lot of dissent about that. Uh, you know, and it, it came at a time, certainly in the 2000s, much like it is right now, where Nebraska had lost its footing and was, was trying to figure out who they were and, and what they are. And having gone through the three years of Bill Callahan uh, to, to get to 2008, you know, that's kind of really when the, the rumbling started about their potential for conference realignment. You have Texas and Oklahoma. It pops up in 2009, are considering going to, to the Pac-12. Uh, you know, Chip Brown was running stories like every day basically intimating that it was only a matter of time until Texas pulled the plug on the Big 12 altogether. And so I think Nebraska was looking for stability, and they were a uh, – I know it's, it's hard to imagine such a thing because they have not been very good. Uh, they were a sought-after commodity mm -hmm. in, in 2009-2010. And so, you know, between Harvey Perlman, the chancellor at that time, and Tom Osborne, the athletic director, and Nebraska's former coach, they had some heavy hitters behind the scenes that were able to uh, 
able to work within the Big Ten, uh, able to kind of sell Nebraska as a school that, you know, can fit the athletic profile and certainly has the academic chops with its medical school. And at that time, they were a member of the AAU. And that was a, a big driving force behind it. And so the, the Big Ten, looking as Jim Delaney did, he's a forward-thinking commissioner that he was, they wanted to be out in front on these, uh, you know, expansion things. And Nebraska was tabbed. Uh, as a very early target, in part because it, it, there's media markets there, and and you pay attention to uh, to those numbers, it, it opens up what uh, the BTN can do in terms of households and and all of that. Now, the media landscape has obviously changed, and Nebraska's value in that regard might not be as strong. Uh, but those were really some of the determining factors, and it was a big deal around here in 2010 when it finally got announced that this was happening. And, and I think uh, there was a lot of people who felt like they were, they were pulling away from an area where it was very unstable and, and finding a, a place where you felt like this was going to be a comfortable fit. And I still think that's the case yeah. this week, notwithstanding, I think Nebraska is going to be in the big 10 for a while. I was going to ask you, Mike, how do you feel like this relationship has worked out from, from both sides perspective? Well, I don't think Nebraska's held up its end of the bargain, if you think about it, from what they were supposed to bring to this conference. It was supposed to be another perennial top 15 team that was going to be competing to play in the Rose Bowl, to be competing to hold up one end of the division and have an opportunity to play in uh, Indianapolis and, and represent whether it was the leaders or legends. I can't even remember. Do you remember when it was leaders and legends? That feels like that was 40 years ago, but it wasn't as long as, it, as that. Uh, but, you know, and, and now with the Big Ten West, the expectation both, I think, from the conference and from Nebraska internally is that they were going to be able to compete in this conference, represent themselves well, set up some enticing matchups with, you know, other blue blood names in college football like Michigan and Ohio State. And frankly, outside of 2011 to 2014, it has not played out that way at all for Nebraska. Those first four years, they were a top 25 team, maybe a top 30 team, really. Um, but they weren't, they weren't particularly good. And when they went head-to-head with some good Urban Meyer Ohio State teams, it was shown just how far away they were. And then in that time, Wisconsin became the team that everybody thought Nebraska was going to be. And so Nebraska has kind of muddled along, and they, they haven't held up their end of the bargain there. Basketball, they were never expected to be much of anything, and they've had – a couple nice seasons, but basketball isn't the sport at Nebraska. The expectation was that they would be able to run baseball in a conference where it was thought the Big Ten wasn't particularly strong in baseball, but that hasn't been the case either. Nebraska cycled through, uh, you know, two different coaches at this point, and they haven't found their footing uh, with the Big Ten as well. And so there's a lot of different things that have happened uh, in, in the time that they have been here. They've added a lot in the volleyball perspective. Mm-hmm. But Nebraska hasn't done enough athletically. And I know in here there's this sort of belief that they haven't fit culturally or haven't been welcomed by the rest of the Big Ten. But I honestly think a lot of that has to do with just the lack of success that Nebraska has. I mean, you're just another program unless you build yourself into someone that truly matters. 
Yeah, Mike, and that brings me to this week. And as you said, Scott Frost, you know, as many football coaches did this week, said he wanted to play. Um, he took it maybe a step further in that he said they'd look outside the conference, and it seems like the rest of the athletic department supported that. But it, I think to a lot of outsiders, it was, or even, you know, long term Big Ten people, I think this is a Kevin Warren problem at this point is not everybody was on board. Not everybody was unified here. And and while Scott Frost wasn't the only one, Nebraska is still kind of the new kid on the block. And, um, you know, they obviously moved conferences in the past and maybe because of their, they haven't had success before, or they haven't had a lot of success. The big 10 feels like, you know, it's the relationships better for Nebraska at this point than it's been for the big 10. I don't know. I, I, I feel like maybe that's why, the reaction to what he said rather than what Ryan Day um, said about, you know, wanting to play and looking to play outside. And while Ohio State, you know, walked that back as Nebraska has the last couple of days, Ohio State's going to stay in the Big Ten. Ohio State's probably not going anywhere. Penn State's probably not going anywhere. Uh, but Nebraska is still kind of proving itself, maybe. And, and people think, well, okay, go do your own thing, Nebraska. We'll be fine without you. That's kind of the feel I've gotten from all this. Yeah, and and I I understand that um, certainly to the to the point where Nebraska has not been successful enough that they have the same kind of clout that when Ryan Day gets up and speaks and he's talking as the coach of a team that is expected to compete for the national championship. It's a lot different than Scott Frost and his nine wins at Nebraska through two seasons. But putting that aside, it's important that I think people understand how big football is here in this state. I mean, not only is it an economic driver for the city of Lincoln and and the surrounding areas, but it's also just sort of wrapped into the ethos of what this state is. I mean, Nebraska is a, is a state of 1.8 million that has five national championships all between 70 and, and 1997 in an area where you don't get great football talent just given to you. It's not, you know, it, there's a there's a feeling there that maybe people at Northwestern or Purdue or Indiana or Minnesota don't have the same kind of understanding of what football means at Nebraska. And so I think that that's where this sort of fracture kind of has come in. And that is also probably why Nebraska would be one of the schools in the Big Ten that's like, wait a minute, if if we can play games outside of conference and we're not going to rustle anybody else's, you know, Jimmy, so to speak, by doing this, we, we're going to look for the opportunity uh, because that's, that's what they want. That's what this, this place is. And it, it definitely led to a reaction. I don't think anybody internally at Nebraska was prepared for. Uh, and externally, it almost felt like Kevin Warren and the big 10 felt like his power was being challenged. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's resulted in all of these articles that I didn't quite understand where they were coming from with it because Nebraska never said they wanted to leave the Big Ten. And again, I think they'd be foolish for doing so. Yeah, and and I think it does point towards Kevin Warren. And, you know, he's got a tough job in the first year on the job. All of this happens. Uh, it's got to be very difficult. But, you know, the Big Ten obviously fumbled, you know, the, the schedule release and, and starting practice before they even thought they could actually pull this off. And I, I just think it was kind of a, a statement that, you know, 
Scott Frost spoke out because they didn't seem all on the same page. And there were a lot of Illinois fans, Mike, uh, who I know liked what he said. Um, so I, I don't think it was just all anti him, but I think the establishment uh, of the Big Ten and the national writers were like, that, you can't do that. You, you can't speak out against your own conference because it just hasn't happened here uh, in a long time. Yeah, and, and I think that part of it, to me, I think if you go through and you, you look at what Scott Frost was saying, there's, there's a big part of it that also was a message he was trying to send to his players and to his recruits that this is the kind of place where football really matters, mm. that this is the kind of place that if you're a guy and you want to be able to play football, these are the people here. We have support, whether it's our chancellor, whether it's our president, whether it's our athletic director, whether it's the head coach, anybody else, this is a football place. I, I do think that may not have been the primary intention, but I think that was at least part of it is that you always have to be selling what you are and who you are. And I know that this is a real concern for other Big Ten teams, and you cover recruiting as well. Mm -hmm. If they're able to get seasons off the ground in in the Big 12, ACC, and SEC, that's going to be really damning for this conference in terms of being able to sell what it provides to to places down south. I mean, if you're a kid in Florida and Nebraska recruits Florida hard, and I know Illinois goes into Florida and, and Georgia and some of those other southeast places, those kids are going to look at it and be like, do you guys even care about football? Because they played and you didn't. And that's going to be tough to get past. Not every kid, but it's still going to be difficult. And all of this is happening in the backdrop of an unprecedented national pandemic. And that can't be lost in any of it, too. Right. I, I don't begrudge, and I don't think anyone really should begrudge the situation that Kevin Warren found himself in. But I think what people are disappointed by, at least here in this state, is the just lack of of foresight that you didn't have any sort of plan for what spring football might look like. What did you do for the last five months? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So Mike, I don't want to make this a bigger deal than it is. And that's why I wanted to bring you on uh, because I don't see Nebraska going anywhere. I don't see the big 10 being like, yeah, Nebraska, we're good without you. I think it's a great relationship. Uh, But just today, uh, competitively, culturally, you mentioned that word culture of the big 10. How does Nebraska feel about its place in the big 10? I think it's still trying to find its footing. I think it's still trying to exercise both who it is to the rest of the conference and try to figure out what the conference is to it. And um, I think that uh, a moment like Monday and Tuesday sort of shows the difference of where Nebraska is in terms of its thought process of what athletics really truly mean uh, and what football really truly means, maybe relative to some of the other programs in the Big Ten. I don't think that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, I don't know if Nebraska needs to feel like it has the same fit that Iowa or Minnesota or some of these other schools do. But I do know that if they're able to have some success on any of these playing fields, it's only going to help reinforce the feeling that they belong in this conference. Frankly, I think the Big Ten owes less to Nebraska than Nebraska owes to the Big Ten right now. Nebraska has to do better. And I think they also recognize that, too. Great stuff. Mike Schaefer, 24-7 Sports, covers Nebraska and does it really well. Check them out uh, at their site. Mike, uh, thanks for the insight, and uh, I think they'll be fine. I I think this is just a a little rift, right? They'll be fine. I hope so, because I I have truly enjoyed this experience. I covered both the Big 12 and the Big 10. I think the Big 10 is where Nebraska needs to be. I like visiting a lot of these places. I like covering uh, the Big 10 just in a general sense. And I think it's really where Nebraska needs to be if they crave that stability. Because if you, if you look outside of this, there's really only two conferences that are remotely stable. 
you could argue the ACC. But uh, I, I think the Big Ten, just in terms of what they've done alone, is where anybody would want to be right now. Thanks for having me on, Jeremy. I thought that was a really interesting conversation with Mike Schaefer of Husker 24-7, just about where Nebraska's at and kind of what led to maybe this week and, and what it means moving forward. But I do think these two sides are fine. I think it's a very good relationship. Uh, but obviously it's a growing relationship maybe go through a little growing pains this week but i think nebraska is better for being in the big 10 i think the big 10 is better for having nebraska just thought that was an interesting angle this week that i want to dive into a little bit and i thought it led to a very interesting conversation with mike schaefer all right if you don't already subscribe to us rate us review us wherever you get your podcast we appreciate you for doing that uh, you can check out all the latest content in the line i inquire as well Derek piper had some really interesting stuff from josh whitman on basketball uh, and just the prospect of playing a season this year. Also interesting stuff on Stephen Gentry uh, and just the X's and O's of what Illinois will be this year with everybody coming back. I also caught up with Chase Brown, Illini running back. I was expecting, he was expecting, the staff was expecting a big year from Chase Brown, the Western Michigan transfer, but obviously he's going to have to put that off for a while. But uh, he's a very exciting talent and I was able to catch up with him. Also talked with Doug Kramer today. We'll have his reaction to the season shutdown and what it means for the Illini seniors, especially those that are looking forward to possibly playing in the NFL next season and how a spring season could affect their plans moving forward. So all of that and much more. I got uh, interesting stuff uh, from Ronan Hayes, Blake Hayes' father. That'll be turned into a story, a feature on Josh Geske, the latest, uh, one of the latest Illini commits as well. So sports might not be happening. We still got a lot of content and Illini Inquirer and as we do throughout the rest of the month. Again, you can sign up for 50% off your first year of annual subscription uh, by signing up this month. 50% off. That's more than $50 of savings. So join up now. We're still going to have plenty of content for you. We're going to focus on recruiting a lot coming up as well. As always, appreciate your support. We'll talk to you next time on the Online Enquirer podcast.